Welcome, and thank you for joining us today for the Integrated Advisors Network Journey to Independence podcast series. It's a conversation for advisors considering independence with advisors who have already made the leap. I'm your host, Linda Picks, co-founder and chief relationship officer for Integrated Advisors Network. Integrated is a registered investment advisor representing a nationwide network of more than 30 advisory practices with over 2.7 billion in asset center management. The Integrated platform empowers network advisors with the freedom to focus on their clients and 100% ownership of their business. At Integrated, our tagline is ownership without being on your own. This podcast is available on our website, integratedadvisorsnetwork.com, our social media outlets, as well as Spotify and Apple Podcast and other major podcast platforms. If you know other advisors like yourself who may benefit from this series, please feel free to share it. Joining me today on this podcast is my partner and the president of Integrated, Jason Inglis. There's a lot to discuss, so let's get started. So on our episode today, we spoke with Gurdon Ely from Ely Prudent Portfolios and his daughter, Anna Nelson, who is also a registered investment advisor. Jason, I love their stories. I love their journey. They both have different paths that they took. I thought it was really interesting the way that they came about their specialties seemed very organic and what they've come up with to be their business model moving forward is very not only client centric but also really around what they do best and focusing on what they do best and I thought that came across really well great stories and you have the multi-generational component to it where it's not just a father-daughter where she's taking over his business is going to be a succession plan. It's really she's staking out a claim to do what she wants to do and what her specialties are to really enhance what he does and not replace it. And I thought that's that's really interesting because you have that kind of freedom in an independent practice to go whatever direction you want to. And I thought they, they did a really good job of talking about that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, one question that I frequently get asked is how do advisors create a successful business? Well, first, you know, as we all know, you have to be real and authentic and you have to do what you love doing and mm-hmm. you have to be passionate about it. And I think that all of the words that came out of Gurdon's mouth could not be more true with that. He's very passionate about it. He loves his clients. That obviously has had a trickle down effect with his daughter and and her even coming into the business. So I'm excited to share their story about the journey that they took to independence. And I hope that our listeners will as well. That is always the hope. That is always the hope. So with that, we hope that you will enjoy this episode of the Journey to Independent podcast with Gurdon Ely and his daughter, Anna Nelson of Ely Prudent Portfolios. And Mosaic. And Mosaic. Every advisor dreams of owning their own practice and controlling their destiny. At Integrated, we make that dream a reality. So our goal is to provide our listeners with real stories from real advisors who are nice enough to share their real life journey to independence. So today we're joined by two advisors from the Integrated Advisors Network. We have Gurdon Ely and Anna Nelson of Ely Prudent Portfolios. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So I'll give you a little bit of background. Gurdon has been in the financial services industry for over 40 years and an independent advisor for 25. He's a nationally known expert on required minimum distributions. 
He's the author of two books, Uncertainty is Certainty, Uncertainty is a Certainty, Fables for Fiduciaries, which covers the basics of prudent fiduciary investing. And his new book, Lower Your Financial Handicap, Advice from the Financial Caddy. And it's an Amazon number one bestseller. Congratulations on that, Gurdon. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And with us today is Anna. Anna Nelson has been an advisor with Ely Prudent Portfolios for 14 years. Gurdon is her dad. So a little bit of nepotism there, but that never hurts. She's an enrolled agent and a planned giving specialist. Anna is creating a new arm to the Ely to focus on the next generation of investors as they navigate their financial journey. She's a military spouse, a mom of two fantastic girls, an avid reader and runner. And Anna and her family's latest adventure is the purchase of their dream home in 10 acres of Northern California. Congratulations on that. And she's loving every second of creating and sharing the Nelson family farm. So again, thank you both for joining us today. We're really excited to hear your stories and to share those with advisors that may be listening. We will start really at the beginning. So what we want to do to get things started is if you could just tell our listeners and you can go in order, Gurdon, we'll start with you, but tell a little bit about yourself and how you got into the industry. I got into about 40 years ago, just about the time Anna was born. Uh, We were living up in Chehalis, Washington, and I was working for a farm supply company. They went bankrupt. And so I had uh, two little girls and no job and Boeing in Seattle was having a hard time. And so the whole area in the Seattle area was pretty depressed. So came back to Chico and I was looking for jobs and there were no jobs. The only job I could find was selling life insurance. And so I I was a life insurance salesman. And I actually uh, was one of the top five with American General one year. So I did fairly well at that, but I didn't like it. I had an attorney one time say, you know, you spend all your time planning, but you're an insurance agent. You ought to become a financial planner because that's what you really do. That's how I switched over from the life insurance and I started creating Ely Prudent Portfolios, and I slowly morphed into what I have today. And it's been quite a process. That's excellent. So now you've outed Anna's age, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) with your background. But Anna, why don't you you tell us, were you strong-armed into the business by your father, or was it a choice? (laughs) No, it was definitely a choice. I had graduated from college. I lived in Chicago, worked for Hyatt Hotels out there, thought I was going to go into hospitality management. And that lasted about six months. And that didn't seem like the the best fit. And I had an opportunity to work at a large bank. And so I found that I did like the finance side. I never realized how much kind of that business and finance thing I found fascinating. However, working in a bank, they were I was learning to sell products and I didn't know exactly what they were for. And I wanted to learn. I won't, I just I'm an avid learner and it wasn't about learning, it was about selling. That didn't fit very well either. So I was talking to I was talking to my dad on the phone. I was living in Florida at the time and I was like, what are these IRAs and retirement accounts and So he started explaining to me what they were and I was able to learn and I was like, oh, so these are important and we need to plan 
<laughs> and at the bank, that was not encouraged to say the least. Anyway, so I moved. <laughs> Dad was like, well, why don't you come learn the business with me? And so I moved out to California, back home, and I have started learning <laughs> mainly about retirement accounts and ultimately really helping people and hearing people's stories and helping them get to the point of what do you want? Where do you want to go? And how can we get you there? I love that story. So you, you've definitely made quite the journey around the country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and then went back. Well, and you couldn't have a better teacher. I mean, Gurdon's been doing this for a long time and he's been very successful and quite a published <laughs> author, which is even, which even makes it more exciting. Well, let me ask you this, and and Gordon, you can you can answer this one. What concerns did you have about, or if any, about running your own business? I never, in my wildest dreams, ever believed I'd work for myself. Never crossed my mind. I always figured I'd work for a company, and I was scared to death to even the thought of working for myself. And when there were no jobs out there, I finally sat down. I told my wife, I. You know, we worked for a really big corporation and they went bankrupt. So I bet you I can do at least that well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good bet. <laughs> and that's when I started my own business. I've been doing it ever since. And it amazes me. It starts out far harder and scarier than working for somebody else. And then it slowly switches over the years. And what's interesting is I'm, I outed her age, I'll out mine. I'm 71 years old and I'm still excited and feel like I'm just getting going. I have clients and friends who at 50 say, I hate my job. I hate my job. I'm just working for my pension. And that'd be a horrible way to live. I mean, I don't want to retire. I love what I do. I don't think I'd have friends if I didn't have my job. All my clients have turned into friends and it's it's wonderful. I look forward to it. I feel like I'm adding value. I'm helping people. I remember when I got in the business, uh, I had a mentor and he told me, learn your skill, take care of the clients and the money will take care of itself. And that's what I've done. Yeah, you found that to be very true, which I think is great advice. For you, not even wanting something like that and then being able to get it. I mean, and, and especially having two girls that you're taking care of and a wife that you're taking care of and a, and a family that has to bring a lot of scary thoughts into your mind that you can, you know, that you can kind of get through and overcome. One of the things is I tend to think I'm not good enough. And I always wonder and think, well, maybe this other advisor knows more than I do and he can help them. And maybe my advice isn't the best advice. And I really struggled with that because that's, that's a huge responsibility. You're helping people make decisions and they're relying on you for their financial future. And uh, I remember a CPA told me, Gurdon, you're good at what you do and you care. And that's huge. I had a nationally known figure tell me, Gurdon, you know what you're doing. The skill that most top advisors have is sales. And you provide substance. 
that was the hardest thing for me to overcome. And I haven't totally overcome it, which is a good thing. Because I tell clients, if I ever get cocky and cavalier, run. I need to have a healthy fear of uh, possibilities. I'm always hesitant. Is this the right? We need to double check. We need to think about it. That's a good thing to go over things, go over with the clients. And, and we both, it's not like, hey, I guarantee you this is the right thing to do. I'll tell you, this looks like a good thing to do. It looks like a prudent thing to do. But in this world, like my book said, uncertainty is a certainty. You never know the right thing in advance to do. So it's really hard to make financial decisions, especially in such a complex thing as an economic environment. Uh, he talked about Kahneman and he talks about you can be skilled doctors, you can be skilled chess players, but you can't be a skilled stock picker because to get develop a skill, you need two things. You need experience and a repetitive environment. And in investing, you don't have a repetitive environment. The signals that you got last time might produce a totally different result this time. It's hard with clients. You have to tell them, okay, we're making a prudent choice. We can't guarantee it's the right choice, but if we consistently make prudent choices, it's like flipping a coin. They'll even out over time. That's great. When you were talking, I was like, now I get the prudent portfolios part of yeah. the prudent part of the portfolios. Let me ask you this, and this is this will be a two-parter, one for you, Gurdon, and one for one for Anna. And that is your specialty that you do is the is the required minimum distributions. And you're known pretty widely for having that yeah. that skill set. So my question to you, and this, like I said, will be a two-parter, is did you stumble upon that specialty? Was that something that you targeted as a thing that you could use to your benefit to make a difference? And then also the second part of that question is for Anna, because I know, Anna, you're starting a new part of Elite Prudent Portfolios. And so I wanted to hear a little background on your specialty and how you came up with this with this new part of the business. My expertise in minimum distributions came about totally by accident. I knew nothing about minimum distributions, but I had a reputation as if Gurdon doesn't know the answer, he knows the person who does. I had a pension administrator uh, come into my office one day and says, hey, I need some help with minimum distributions. And I go, what? He goes, minimum required distributions, which is interesting. They call them RMDs now, but back then we called them MRDs, minimum required distributions. And somewhere along the line, it turned into required minimum distributions. <laughs> anyway, I said, I never heard of that. So I started calling some of my contacts and they went, huh, what? I finally found a book by Natalie Choate, and uh, she was the expert on it, was then and is now, and I devoured the book. Being my usual self, I went through every number of the book and tried to reproduce it. I found uh, a few numbers that didn't come out the way they were supposed to, according to her instructions. I sent her about a 10-page letter going through the numbers that I disagreed with and uh, got a phone call from her <laughs> and for, for internet. So how long I've been in the business. <laughs> she said, the phone rang and I picked it up and she said, who's this? And I went, what do you mean, who's this? You called me. 
And she said, well, this is Natalie. And I went, really? <laughs> and she said, I read your letter. There's only five people in the country who could have written that letter. And I know the other four. So who are you? <laughs> and, uh, so that's how I started the business. But I went through and just devoured the regs because after I read her book, I went through and uh, read all of the regulations and actually started putting together an Excel spreadsheet to help me do it, which eventually morphed into a computer program that took me five years to write that did every eventuality under the minimum required distributions, every single one of them. Uh, I was the only one. Uh, we had Michael Bloomberg. I met with his, ex I was supposed to meet with him, but he at the last minute opted out. But I met with his executives up in Seattle. I met with all the top guys at uh, Schwab, uh, uh, Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg's. They were all pushing my software. We were looking at tens of millions of dollars a year in royalty. I had a ticket to go to Baltimore. I IRS wanted to buy licenses for their agents. I got a, was it 20, 2000 or 2000? I think it was 2000. I got a co phone call from Natalie on Christmas Eve saying, hey, Gurdon, you know your software you spent five years writing? Mm -hmm. Well, the IRS just ripped the regs apart because it's leased it rapidly rule. Nobody could figure it out, which with my software made it easy. She said, anyway, they ripped the regs apart and your software is, is worthless. Oh, it's I remember her last words were yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she could have waited until after the new year to break that news. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was already, uh, the money was spent. That was. <laughs> That's uh, what you get for the 10 page correction letter. Yeah, so now <laughs> I'm. Yeah. So now I'm hoping my book will take me over the. As, as, uh, as my wife told me, well, at least that your software made you half of rich and famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, that's great. You're definitely you're definitely considered an expert in that area. So I see why. So Anna, so what about you? It's funny, Dad, going through those things because I'm remembering myself at which ages I was, and I probably remember that Christmas. And <laughs> <laughs> Because he because he took the pony back, right? Yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> except then I realized two thousand I was in college by then. Anyways, the thing about that, and I I think that I've watched my dad for all this time. And even in those disappointments, right? Us girls, my sister and I, we watched him work really hard and find something that you're interested in, and you just keep going at it. And even though that part didn't work out, it meant he moved forward with that still. And it just looked different, mm -hmm. different than we imagine what it's going to look like. Once I joined working with dad, it was still like we were independent, independent. Like <laughs> we were doing our compliance, all our tech stuff, things like that. Like that was a, it was a lot of work. It was a lot. It was really hard. And I remember him coming and finding you guys at Ian. I think all of us in a way could let our shoulders down a little bit. Having a team, it just it felt like we had a, a little bit of a team, but we still got to be creative. And so we had that back office support. So that's then as I watched dad kind of follow his path 
it's slowly made me start to see my own path starting to form. And so I have been playing around with an idea in my head for a really long time called mosaic. And I didn't know how it was going to work, but mosaic to me is always just, there's all these pieces and individually they can be really unique and beautiful, but when you put them all together and some are, some are messy and some are mistakes and some are mess ups and some are triumphs and goals achieved and all those things. But when you put those together and you step back and it's this beautiful picture that you couldn't have imagined when you only look at each piece individually. And so as I put that into a context of being part of a business and helping clients and my own path and journey, and even with my family, is I wanted to help people put their financial picture together. And we've, with dad, we've worked so much on how do we, you've worked so hard and now how can we make this money last? And I'm just going to the beginning of that and saying, how can we make some good decisions at the beginning and get some trusted advice and know what we want? And I can help provide tools to get there. And now I feel like we're just finding this merge of technology coming together and different ways that advisors can get paid, you know, getting paid for the advice and that technology with like advisor pay, e-money coming together. Investments are a tool. And so are all these other things that we can put together. So I created Mosaic Financial to kind of get, get the people to be able to retire someday or whatever it is travel the world, do something amazing with their family, buy that house, that dream house that they thought of. And and you're there and you're there to help them turn their dreams into reality. Mm -hmm. I think is what's so great. I'm so excited to hear about your new business because I remember when, obviously when Gordon joined integrated and, you know, the integrated platform and hearing your story about how you were really like, okay, wow, you've got a lot of this heavy lifting taken off of the back end all right, I'm there. I want to do this now because you do kind of see, you know, it being a little bit more like you can focus more on the the actual financial planning part of things. I have a question for you both. And I think that kind of diverts just a little bit, but what advice would you guys like to share with our listeners on those people that are looking to make that jump to independence? I think the the observation, I think at first is, when you're working for a wirehouse, you have to conform to them, their system, their values, their way of doing stuff. And uh, I was never very good at that. Uh, that company that went bankrupt that I was working for, I had the president of the company called me in one day and said, you know, you're probably my best worker, but for your sanity and my sanity, would you please quit? Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I know I could threaten to, to fire you if it didn't change, but it wouldn't change what you're doing. And when you're independent, you can make your business conform to you instead of the other way around. And so your your business becomes an extension of you and your your personality and your values. To me, the fear of stepping out is 
worth the trade-off of getting the freedom to be yourself and to express yourself and show the world what you believe by what you do. That's a great response. What about you, Anna? It was funny as we were kind of talking through these questions and thinking about it. To me, I'm like, well, it's just a no brainer because otherwise, <laughs> just as I said before, I there's this team mentality, but you still can be creative. I know when I had brought my idea of Mosaic up, Linda, you and Michael were just like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, okay, so do I need to do compliance and I need to get all these things? What do you want to do? And we'll make that work. Obviously, there's going to be some parameters, but you're not going it alone. I'm excited for your new venture. I'm excited for this new part, this new chapter in your journey. And I, I love the name. I do too. Thank you. Great. Thank you. It's always interesting to find out, you know, how you come up with the names. You guys have both given us great examples of why you came up with the name. So we don't even have to have, ask the question. Which is <laughs> <laughs> so part of like ourselves are so tied up in a good way. Yeah. Part of, part of that. Yeah. I'm working on a new logo. She's doing a new website. So I'm working on a logo that's a little bit of hers and a little bit of yours. You got that little box with an I in it. I'm just going to have a little box with Ely in it. And then Prudent in big capital bold letters. And then Portfolio in smaller letters with spacing so it fits the same. But basically, Prudent is the word you'll see. Because that's what we're really pushing, just like she's pushing Mosaic. I'm helping people make prudent decisions. So I love it. Jason, I know that there's usually a, a good, more personal question that, that we like to try to wrap into the conversation. And uh, we've got a we've got a few to choose from. So I'm sure you've been trying to figure out which one that you wanted to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. I I'm always interested to ask people, and, and again, it's it's off the topic of independence, but it's really, I think it's the heart of who people are. And I'll ask this to both of you, you know, if, if you could, you know, sit down and chat or pick the brain of, of someone, and this could be somebody alive or somebody dead, but if you could really sit down with someone and talk to them, who would it be and, and why? What I would really like to be is the fly on the wall and watch Eric Hoffer and George Carlin. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love George Coughlin. Uh, euphemisms. He did a thing on euphemisms, probably my favorite thing, expressions that conceal reality. And mm-hmm. he says, I hate euphemisms. I think Eric Hoffer would too. Eric Hoffer, I, one of the things I remember, uh, he was the longshoreman philosopher. He talked at Berkeley and he had really no formal education. And he was teaching philosophy at Berkeley. But I remember one thing he said about, if you want to really understand what an author knows, go find all of his books in the library and stack them up next uh, to each other, and then pick the shortest one, or the the (laughs) smallest one, he says, because all the other books would say the same thing, just uh, more with more words. So he was really big on being concise. When he wrote articles, he said, I might spend a month just trying to get a paragraph right so it really 
expressed what I was trying to say in as short as possible. So I love those two guys. I think George Carlin was more of a philosopher than he was a comedian. He, I would he, agree. He I'm, just, a, I'm a big George Carlin fan. He just said it. And then, like I said, they would have had great conversations, great conversations, because uh, they both believed in being truthful, being concise. Well, I don't know about George Carlin being concise. I, it amazed me how he would, those monologues, how did he do that? And like me, I'm talking, I'm stumbling over stuff. He never stumbled over a word. He never goes, ah, ah, or something like that. It was just flowed. Mm -hmm. it, it just came out. And so. Well, uh, I think he also had a, had a heart to what he was saying, where I remember he did this whole thing on uh, PTSD. Uh -huh. And he would talk about how they've changed the name throughout time. Through the words, it was shell shock, you know, in World War One and things like that. And he goes, but they never addressed the problem. They just kept changing the name. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I thought that was really insightful. Yeah. But yeah, he was a, he's a philosopher. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, well, when I was in college, I really struggled when I went from high school, where it was all book learning and fill in the blank questions, to college where it was at uh, UC Santa Barbara, where it was all lectures and blue books, you were expected to know the answer and then use the blue book to apply it in, in some way. And so I really struggled. And uh, at UC System too, you never saw a professor, let alone a dean, your first two years, you just saw graduate students. Well, uh, halfway through my freshman year, the dean of the Department of Philosophy came to my dorm room and, and said, if you'll go into philosophy, I'll be your mentor. And I said, are you nuts? I got a one eight. I said, <laughs> I'm not going to be here next year, which is funny. I had my one eight for about uh, a year and a half, finally figured out the system and got four O's the rest of the way. Once I figured out how the system worked, he said, yeah, I want you to go into philosophy because he says we have a thousand kids in introductory philosophy and you don't have to put your name on your paper because you just have a totally different way of looking at stuff. And so my book, uh, the new book, Lower Your Financial Handicap, Advice from the Financial Caddy, people say, I learned as much about golf as I did about investing. So is it a golf book or an investing book? And I said, actually, it's a philosophy book. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> my philosophy in life comes out in my work and uh, how I approach investing. That's excellent. I love that. I love that. Anna, how about you? I pretty much want to meet everybody that I have read in. I love reading history, historical fiction, things like that. And so I just want to talk to everybody <laughs> that I'm reading about. And so right now I'm reading a book called Fly Girls and it's Amelia Earhart. And that same time with all the female pilots, they weren't officially pilots necessarily. Right now, it's Amelia Earhart. I would love to sit down and talk with her. And I loved how she couldn't do her passion, which was flying. So she was a social worker and really found value in that place and then would fly whenever she got the opportunity. And one of the stories is the first time she was doing the transatlantic flight where they were going from New York to, they were doing the race to who could get there first. And so then they decided they needed to take a woman because man had already 
made the flight and won the prize and stuff like that. Anyway, the two men were actually flying the airplane and they brought Amelia Earhart along, even though she's perfectly capable of flying. Both men got paid to take the flight and she did not. And you're kind of sitting there and you're like, well, why didn't she should have demanded that? But I said, no, remember, she's starting this out just to be on the flight was her fight in that and that we're all just taking these steps and we need to take our steps. And sometimes we need to fight for certain things. And sometimes it's just taking the steps so the next person can have the opportunity. And so right now, I just I want to thank her for that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Res- Sorry, Gurdon. I, I have to go with Anna on this one. <laughs> I love seeing all of these opportunities now, especially in the last 10, 15 years of, for women in the financial services industry. It's I started back in the financial services industry back in the early 90s, and it wasn't like that. It wasn't the same for women then, and it's so different now, and I just, I really love that. And so we can thank women like Amelia Earhart for helping us get there. I'm very proud to say that we do support a lot of female advisor run practices on our platform. So I'll have to say thank you to them. And you and you are one of those women. I appreciate that. We just really thank you for taking the time to go over this with us and to, and to help our help our listeners really get a feel for, hey, I'm not alone in this, you know, this journey to independence. I mean, there are people that have made this leap and sharing stories like yours are ways that we'll be able to hopefully get more people to come into this independent space for the, you know, in financial services. And Jason, did you have anything you wanted to add there? (laughs) You know me so well, Linda. (laughs) The only thing that I would, that I would ask and, you know, yeah, leave it to your discretion, but if you had any advice So if someone's listening right now and they're considering going independent, they are where they are and they have their practice, what advice would you give them from your experience? So if they're if they're getting ready or thinking about it, what advice would you give them? I'd give them the same advice my mentor gave me. Learn your skills and take care of the clients. That's what I did. And uh, what was interesting is even when I didn't notice, it seemed like other people noticed Years ago, this is before my mentor even gave me that advice, when I was selling life insurance, I uh, was at a conference and I still remember this guy who was, I thought was old at the time, he was probably 60. (laughs) But uh, I remember uh, he showed up at one of the days of the meeting that him and his wife had matching mink jackets. He told me, to the side one one night at the meeting, he said, you know, I wish I could do it your way, taking care of the clients. But he said, I love this lifestyle too much. And to me, it doesn't have to be an either or. You take care of the clients and maybe it takes a little bit longer, but it grows bigger and bigger. Uh, the reputation grows. I, you know, with the troubles I've been through, Lately, it's just touched me that the clients I work with and the firms I work with, the people really reached out to support me, encourage me, and help me. And with a book, it was uh, it was amazing. There was a big Zoom conference. They're working on a new fiduciary designation. 
I had a number of friends in that meeting who says, yeah, the whole meeting was how are we going to help Gurdon sell his book? And oh, that's incredible. It was really incredible. I mean, people, I feel like Sally Fields. You love me. You really love me. <laughs> <laughs> but they, it's it's really something. As I spent my whole career trying to help people and trying to get it right. And I touched people in the process, the, my clients and uh, the other people I work with, and they saw what I was doing. I really, really tried to show the world what I believe by how I treat people. And for a guy that had a hard time communicating his values and talking to people, it's really nice that I was able to communicate with my life what I believe in and that it touched so many people. And it's been quite an experience. And so with the independence, you can do that. Your business can be you. And that's why I would encourage people to go independent. That's incredible. Thank you. Oh, yes. go ahead, Anna. Yes. And good job, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of sarcasm in there. <laughs> she came into a meeting one time years ago and I did something that irritated her and she snapped at me. And I looked at the client and I said, that was the daughter speaking, not the assistant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> oh. Funny. You know, the thing was mosaic. Uh, my biggest contribution to it was stepping back and letting her do it, not giving any input. I showed her what, how to do stuff and but I told her, if you copy what I did, you'll go out of business. You're dealing with different people in a different world. You've got to figure out uh, what works for you. And that's what she's done. And it's been great watching because we both know it's all her because I had no input in it. And it's really exciting to see who she is, how she expresses that in her new, her new job or new business. And so I'm really excited to watch that. Yeah. I think proud be- Papa. Yes, yes, for sure. To me, I don't really know much different than how that looks besides it fits who I am in a way and who I need to also be for my family and for that where you're going to work a lot. I watched my dad work a lot and it's all the time, but you get to be creative or you get to pick how that work also looks too. So it's that you're in control more or less of your time, obviously. And so for me, it's right now is we're getting kids to school at weird times and my clients are also dealing with that too. And so we can meet on a Saturday and I'm hanging out with my kids on a Tuesday afternoon because I need to get them. So work can look what it needs to look like. That I think is important at this stage, this stage in my life anyway, that's probably very important. And I'm guessing there's some other advisors in that similar situation. And I would just, I would just say, take this step and you're not by yourself doing this. Gather your people too. gather your people in your own community that are going to cheer you on and take them with you and See how it goes. I worked a lot of hours, but I was at virtually all the events they did at school and at church and stuff. I was there more than most parents 
And uh, as a matter of fact, Anna was a cheerleader. And I am still upset that I didn't win Cheerleader Mom of the Year Award. I deserve that. <laughs> I brought chocolate chip cookies to every game. I, I did a DVD at the end of the end of the year for all the girls that uh, had showed their routines and stuff. I mean, I was I didn't miss a single game. And well, I, and all our friends who's their sons were actually playing football. Dad was sitting in the stands watching the cheerleaders and being like, ooh, she missed that kick. Ooh, <laughs> that was off. <laughs> Not the fact that the kicker missed yeah. the goal. Oh, that's I knew more about the routines than I did about the game. Oh, that's incredible. I love that. Well, you know, I, checked. I got second, and instead of getting the trophy, I got a pink boa. <laughs> Which I'm sure you can pull that off. I'm sure you can. <laughs> you can pull that. Oh, that's great. I, again, I cannot thank you guys enough for taking time out of your busy schedules to have a conversation with us. We really want people to, to understand that it is a journey to independence. And if you take the right path and you find the right partners and hear the right stories to help you kind of confirm that what you're thinking is there is a path there that, that I can actually take and I can achieve that goal that I'm looking for. That's really what we wanted to try and do. And I, I believe that everything that you guys shared with us today has really helped that resonate. I will second Linda in saying thank you so much for, for taking the time out to, to talk with us today. So with that, we thank you both again, Gurdon and Anna. And we look forward to hearing and helping you share in the success of your new venture. And Gordon, seeing you on the New York Times bestseller list. That yeah. is what we really want to see. That's what we want. <laughs> That's what I want. Thank you for listening. To find other tools and resources, I encourage you to visit our website, integratedadvisorsnetwork.com. Or feel free to give me a call at 855-729-4222 for specific questions, or you can email me at lynda at integratedadvisorsnetwork.com. Please note that all conversations are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a colleague who might benefit from its content. This is Linda Picks, and I thank you for listening to Integrated Advisors Network podcast series, Journey to Independence.